0: Hi, I'm Sarah Goodall, wife, mum and marketing obsessed business owner. Welcome to my campfire chat series. After 20 plus years in B2B marketing roles, I've had the great pleasure to meet and work with some fascinating folks. People who've inspired or challenged me to think differently about social business, advocacy and digital leadership. I figured it was time to share their stories and insights in a series of short, punchy podcast chats. Today I'm talking to Amisha Gandhi. Now I've known Amisha for many years. We used to work at SAP together. She's currently the VP of Influencer Marketing and Communications for SAP Ariba and SAP Fieldgrass. She founded B2B influencer marketing programs way before they became mainstream and popular. She has a passion for sci-fi movies, tech gadgets, and is always seeking out the next big trend. So we'll be asking her about that later. Amisha, welcome to my campfire chat. Welcome to my campfire chat, Amisha. It's nice to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. That's all right. We used to work together, didn't we, at SAP years ago. You're still at SAP though, right? Still at SAP, yes. Yeah, but your roles have changed as you... Do you want to just give our listeners a bit of an overview of what you do now? I
1: currently run PR and AR comms and influencer marketing at SAP Ariba and Fieldglass. Cool.
0: And that actually ties into your background which actually I think is like a given now around influencer marketing you are really known within the industry around influencer marketing right you've built quite a reputation for this because I think you were doing this at SAP long before it became quite a trendy thing and it became all popular because now in B2B it's all about the influencer marketing isn't it yeah I, I actually
1: started influencer marketing SAP almost uh, it was almost six years ago now and that was my full-time role and that was the global SAP
0: And that actually is quite interesting because you come from a background of comms, PR, AR. So did influencer marketing, was that like the natural next role for you then because you could see it going that way or?
1: I had done um, demand gen marketing and product marketing even at SAP as well. But then in my previous life prior to SAP had done more of the traditional marketing uh, role. And so, you know, I was thinking about this and then, you know, we're always thinking about content marketing and what we need to do, and, you know, working with third parties. And so, you know, through working with bloggers on content, which is in the comms field, and then looking at demand gen from a marketing perspective, especially in B2B, you know, I thought having that third-party content with influencers, you know, certainly people know this model from analysts, can have a really big impact in, in, in B2B. So that's where that idea came from of, oh, could we combine These different types of influencers together to create demand in in B2B.
0: Brilliant. And so when most people think about influencer marketing, they do think B2C, you know, they're thinking YouTubers, they're thinking Instagram stars. How would you describe influencer marketing in B2B and how it's different?
1: Yeah, that's totally right. When we think about B2C, we think about even TikTok now, right? We think about all the ways, you know, anyone can watch that and you can click on the influencer's profile and get to a product and even make immediate purchase, if you will, right? Whereas in B2B, people aren't clicking and making purchases. So you have to look at business, you know, platform. It's not for everybody, you know. And so when you look at B2B influencer marketing, the platforms can be, you know, it's more LinkedIn and Twitter, right? But heavier on LinkedIn in B2B. Um, It can be even industry association sites and other places where these conversations and communities are happening of influence. So you want to look, we look at influence marketing in a very different way. We're there not just to create awareness and, and buzz and conversation, we're there to engage and, you know, kind of, work with influencers and partner with influencers, co-create content and co-create experiences for our customers, right? So that we can work with them on demand gen content, lead gen content, even in ABM motions, if you will.
0: Wow. Brilliant. Oh, wow. You're the first person I've heard about, yeah, connecting ABM to influencer and going after target accounts. So, you know, we're not there just to talk about ourselves. We're there to engage. I love that. So if there are companies out there, and we know of several, actually, that we work with now, and they're kind of in and in about doing an influencer activation program, they're not quite sure, you know, is this for us? Can we do this? What words of advice would you give to a company that's about to embark on an influencer program?
1: You know, I think to have an influencer program, just to have one is, is not where you want to go, right? You want to think about it just like you would when you approach any marketing discipline is what is the purpose and what is the outcome that you're trying to achieve? Are you trying to create awareness of a topic? Are you trying for your company or category? Are you looking to create yourself as a thought leader? Are you looking to engage in a marketing campaign? Um, Are you looking to reach certain companies and certain audiences? Right. So when you have that information, then you can say, okay, for example, you know, we wanted to launch kind of Leonardo and it was an amalgamation of big data analytics and IoT and AI and a whole bunch of other items, right? In looking at that, it was more about creating awareness first and then engaging people and getting demand gen going. So we looked at that project that way. So we knew we're looking for some awareness, but we also really want to create demand. Mm -hmm. And so- for that project you know really have to think about what's the first step okay great we know what the outcome is well, who's the audience you're trying to reach you know who are the influencers that that audience follows right whether it's topic based audience based industry based and then you, you have to do the research because finding the right influencers is really key to the success of your program. And we don't just look at social media influencers when you think of B2B. We may even have influencers in our program that have no social media footprint, but they could be an author or an academic or somebody really big in the industry that has a certain level of following or a certain level of acknowledgement and people look up to that person or aspire to be that person or inspired by that individual. So we, you know, you have social media influencers, you have business influencers. You can even, you know, we use a tool called tracker, but there's other tools out there like Analytica. There's, you know, Buzzmo that that can be free for people. There's also, you know, if you Google it, there's always a list out there. You can say top influencers in, and there's usually someone has done a list. So at Mm -hmm. least you have a place to start. And then, you know, you have to do the manual Mm -hmm. research and reading of their content to make sure it makes sense. But that to me is the biggest key is finding the right influencer. And then, you know, once you've identified, if you start having a few conversations to test the waters, to say, we're thinking of X, Y, and Z, you know, how do you work with companies? We always approach it from the influencer side first, before we launch into, here's our campaign, are you interested? Because it doesn't allow for a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't allow you to develop a deeper relationship with the influencer. And then as you're getting into developing a campaign, your influencers can help you shape and craft that campaign in a way that makes sense for their audience and helps you reach what you're looking to do. And they can also let you know, this is not something I do. And then they also sometimes recommend other influencers as well. So that's where you should get started and how you should approach. And I think that that approach and that whenever we started, so I've done it, not only a global SAP, I did it, you know, for one vertical in SAP, and then we grew it to a global program. But then since then coming over to a different part of SAP, you know, kind of restarting it, right, and, and having to go through the same steps. So that is the best way to approach it.
0: There's a few things you just said there that really stuck out for me, like the relationship side, you know, this is this is something that you do together. You don't just engage an influencer because you can, you know, this is about building long-term relationships. And the whole objective side, I think really sticks to me, which is why are you doing this? Is it awareness? Is it a campaign? Is it thought leadership? Is it ABM? But that bit about understanding who your audience is following, because I think there is a bit of a misconception that actually influencers, when you do influence activation, it's kind of, it's all about, you know, getting people with lots of Twitter followers to say nice things about your brand. And actually what you put on there is some, some of your influencers don't even have a social footprint, you know, but they have influence. So, you know, don't assume because people have got hundreds of thousands of followers, they're influential. It's all about looking at their followers to see if they match to your brand.
1: Yeah. And just because somebody has a lot of followers doesn't mean they have engagement. You have to look and see yeah. where, you know, a lot of people, some people have tons of followers but they don't have a lot of people sharing their content or making comments on their content and some folks that might be considered you know niche or micro influencers they have a highly engaged audience so mm-hmm. you may get more you know you will get more engagement and pull over to your website or pull over to your content or pull to where you know to your event or whatever it is that you're doing
0: from someone like that versus someone who may have a perceived larger audience. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Great advice, I think, for companies starting out on that. Um, So just shifting gears a little bit, I noticed you did a LinkedIn interview uh, about making growth happen where you talked about the connection between community and influencer marketing. Kind of touched on it a bit earlier about the whole, you don't just walk in and start shouting out, this is what we do. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, what you've mentioned it a couple of times, the whole impact of community and how that relates to influencer marketing.
1: Sure. So, you know, when you think about influencer marketing, what, you're, what I think of it is you're trying to create communities of influence, right? Mm-hmm. And there are many different influences and influencers that, that we work with throughout a, a long sales cycle, like in, in B2B. So you have you, know, you can have folks that are very influential and in they're speakers and they're bloggers and they can help you with awareness. Then you have influencers who are business consultants, developers, and others who have really deep-seated knowledge, even of your product or even of the technology, to a point where they've actually worked with that technology or designing in that technology or developing in that it apps in that with that technology. So you, you have folks like that, and so what you're looking for is like that peer-to-peer sort of, you know, engagement. And so what you're looking at is, here's my blogger community. Here is my business consultant community. Here's my independent analyst community. Here's my customers. Customers are your biggest influencers. Here's my customer influencers and, and, you know, employee, which I know we're going to get to, but those are your different influences and influencers. And what you're trying to do is, you know, for example, around the topic of iot or ai for example created you know a community over time of influencers because we started the program we had 15 influencers that we started with and as we started working with them and doing assets and kind of develop you know developing more of a program we picked up more influencers along the way with the activities we were doing the events we were doing globally right because you're not just we're not just working in north america or global influencers we're looking at influencers in europe in apj in latin america so You can have regional-based influencers as well. So then you start getting a community of influencers Mm -hmm. and you can have them, you know, gather. You can, we have SAP Jam, we have other tools you can set up. You know, I recommend Mm. setting up, you know, something where they can kind of commune. If we have an event, we do always do like a WhatsApp group or or what have you. Everybody, you know, when they're at the event can have that community feeling. And then when we're not at the event, we have a place where we where can share information with everybody all at once. You know, so yeah. there's sometimes when the influencers come together and they're together for the first time at an event in, in person, they create, you know, they start having relationships with each other. Oh, and yeah. sometimes they'll <laughs> come back to you and say, we were just having this conversation. We were thinking X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, you'll start hearing things and you'll say, oh, we, I'd love to that's a great conversation. Could we do a quick uh, video around this, right? Or mm-hmm. a quick podcast around this, or, hey, we're working on this asset. These two are talking about this, or we're having an event. Could we have these three or two influencers come and do a breakout session because they, they were talking back. But these are two people that may never have crossed paths, or maybe they've been crossing paths, but they've never actually, you know, done a project together, right? Mm-hmm. So that those are the kind of community feelings and community you can create around a topic around a business for your company you can yeah. do company-wide community or you can do a topic level you know community of influencers but it it can help and then eventually you can add in your customer influencers and you know either have events where customers exposed to those you know more outside experts or you could have assets with these folks but then you're also providing that experience you know, to your customers where they're getting exposure to these kinds of folks and vice versa. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Okay. So I can see how, yeah, I I love the idea of a community where you're bringing influencers together. Something happened like that the other day, actually, where, you know, I noticed two people starting, it's like having a conversation, having two people start talking on your LinkedIn newsfeed and it was a post that you posted, but they're all meeting each other and chatting away. And, you know, it's a nice thing when you can connect people together, I think, and building long-term relationships. Brilliant. You also mentioned actually on there, which I thought was quite an interesting one, you talk about don't be a taker, be a giver. And I know a lot of companies, they're very frightened about giving away too much. They don't, in their marketing, they're like, no, 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 we're not giving that away because that's, you know, that's what people pay us for. So what's your perspective on that?
1: I think that you know when I'm saying be a giver and not a taker. It goes from everything from your approaching the influencers. You know, the first question I ask them is, "I've seen this. You know, I've kind of read your bio. I followed you. I you know you spoke here, but what I because you want to establish that you're not just calling them cold and you don't know anything about them. You haven't done your homework. But one of the first questions you know you always ask is, "How do you work with companies? What works for you? What works with your audience? And when you approach it that way." You know, you're asking them what is important to to them, and some of them have built business around this. Some of them do this because they're very passionate about a topic, and it's really good because it will give you a really great view and a really great way for them to talk about what you are wanting to do and where you might see them fitting in, without you know going in and saying, "Here's what we want to do," and then it becomes a dead end conversation because they'll say, "I don't do that, and I absolutely have no interest in being a shill for your company." Right? You don't want that to be. The first conversation you have with an influencer, right? So yeah. I think yeah. establishing that, and then also that's from a relationship point of view, right? A, a very tactical way of looking at. But then when you look at the broader picture with your influencers, it comes down to content. So you want to think about what is the content we're creating? Is it a value to somebody that will come upon it to their audience, to your audience that you're trying to reach, mm-hmm. and it will have some kind of value where you're you're giving knowledge away. And you're wanting to gain engagement back. And it's amazing when you do that and you let down your guard a little bit, you co-create some stuff, you know, whether it's messaging, you have your messaging and you figure out what works for the influencer's audience and and the audience you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. It really allows for some really amazing content to be created that creates very high level of engagement Mm -hmm. and then... Some will remember that and say, Wow, you know, I came to the SAP IoT or I came to SAP Rebut and I got we did this podcast series. It was great. And people do come back for more. Yeah. And so because they're they're getting something that's of high value. And there's so much content out there and there's so many things, right? You're also getting promotion when you work with influencer, right? So you're getting the promotion back to your asset and, and you're working with the influencer, whether it's paid or unpaid, and then You're creating value in the market with your name attached to it, which is really powerful, right? People talk about thought leadership, but there's always a sales catch at the end, right? This is more of that's why you're giving and not taking
0: because when you do that, you'll get
1: more from the audience you're trying to reach as well.
0: It's true, isn't it? And I think also, you know, it's about building trust, isn't it? And unless Mm -hmm. you demonstrate your expertise, you can say you're great, but unless you show it, then how are people going to believe it? And I think a lot of this is about building credibility. Um, And if you can do that alongside trusted experts and trusted influencers that want to support what you say, it just deepens that whole credibility statement for a brand, I think. Yeah, I do. I have a lot of conversations with customers that say, oh, no, we can't possibly talking about that and I'm thinking well maybe you should because that will show your customers you understand them and you get their market and their issues and you know it's okay to do that it's okay Especially your
1: customers who are influencers, right? They can say, I'm sitting in this seat and this is how I would feel if I got this piece of content. I would love to get X, Y, and Z instead, or these are the conversations and this is what I need. And I'm not really seeing that out there. That can really help you design something that then becomes, you know, valuable. And if it's that valuable and you have a customer
0: that's involved, they will go out and put it out also so right. that's a great idea yeah customer in- as influencers brilliant yeah I hadn't even thought about that it's a great idea now we're going to move on to the final topic the one that I've saved the best till last because I do love this topic I would really like to hear your opinion on this Misha because you've been doing this for a lot longer than most people that talk about influencer marketing so you've seen it change over the years I come from a place of employee advocacy and sort of showcasing you know the great talent behind the brand so my final question is for you, can employees become influencers?
1: Absolutely. You know, the employees in a company are experts, right? They're experts in your product. You have people, you know, if you're on the technology side B2B, you know, you have developers, you have people and they're passionate, right? When people are passionate and you can see on LinkedIn, people are passionate. They share, they don't share just news about their company, but they share news and their views on a topic area or, you know, something that they have deep knowledge and they've been doing something for twenty years. They have deep industry knowledge. They have historical knowledge and they have passion. And mm. passion is where it really comes through. And people are inspired by passion, right? So you can have employees in your company that are actual influencers on a topic. At SAP, there's Tom Rayford. You know, he was at Green Monk and then he came over to SAP. Has a huge following on sustainability and IoT and those topics and he, you know, goes out there and evangelizes on behalf of the company, but it's really evangelizing on the topic, right? Mm-hmm. Versus MVP. And that carries a more weight. And he's able, yeah. because he has an authentic voice, has had developed this amazing audience, right? So there's Timo yeah. Elliott. And then there's other folks that are, you know, developers that have much smaller followings, but they they follow, you know, folks on LinkedIn or the your employees are also on LinkedIn and other Industry association and watering holes where they're having online conversations like everyone else. They can almost, you know, become ambassadors. So I encourage people to have ambassador programs, right? So, yeah. um, so an SAP started ambassador program. So we started linking up external influencers with employees and then with customers, and then you kind of get like this blender effect. Mm-hmm. But the passion that you get from your employees is is something where. If you provide a community forum and you can even provide training to your employees, like here's how to write social, this is how you can build your voice. Sometimes people have the passion and they're not sure, you know, you can give them tips and tricks to even make their posts, whether it's about your company or their, their passion points better. And then you can evangelize it by saying, okay, we have this community, you know, of 80, 90, hundred, a few thousand people. And here's something that we're doing. And you can send out the content and then they can evangelize it on their own or they can evangelize an event or whatever it is in their own way. But you've then armed them, equipped them and made them experts too. Um, And and what you'll find, you'll be able to grow these kind of, you know, in-house influencers as well.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I love the idea of, you know, building your voice from our experience. You know, a lot of employees, they have a passion, but like you say, they don't know where to start. They don't know how to activate that. And not every employee will want to become influential and that's okay, but... Out of the ones that do, you know, encourage it. One thing I'd also mention as well from my observations at SAP is that, you know, you don't have to just have technical influence or technical employees to become influencers. You know, your line of business, you might have some of the best finance people in your company, the best HR people, the best L&D. You know, that in itself can create Uh, credibility for the brand but in a different way so it might not attract customers but it might attract talent so putting those kind of people out there if they want to can also help influence the market but perhaps in a slightly different way not just necessarily related to growing revenue but actually you know attracting talent to the business potentially.
1: Yeah at SAP they've done a brilliant job and and something that is is life at SAP you can put up, especially right now during this time, people are putting up, in you know, a hashtag life, life at SAP, working from home and sharing their experience. And, you know, managers kind of put putting, you know, leaders even putting in, you know, here's what I'm doing. And you can see that. And then you get to see a living, breathing culture of a company. And that oh, can be wow. very attractive, right? To someone who's looking for a job. It, it has so many different, you know, it's not just about the sale. It's about the culture of the company. It's about attracting talent. It's about retaining talent. It's about creating engagement, right. With other employees even.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. I was going to
1: say something that people don't think about is, you know, Oh my gosh, you know, I have to make this really huge lift around, you know, something like a, you know, an ambassador or an employee advocacy. It can be as simple as you have all these people, you know, going out and speaking in the world, equip them, say, Hey, when you're out there, here's what you need to do on Twitter. Here's what you need to do on LinkedIn. And that can really help just even take those first baby steps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think this is a a great time to do that and to help activate the whole workforce, you know, and to be part of that and create digital culture and share that. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I just love how all of this is connected. So thank you so much, Amisha. Honestly, I could talk to you all day about this. I feel like we've got some unfinished questions. I might have to come back and ask you. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you so much. It was great. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for agreeing to be on. I really enjoyed it. And wow, I've got so many notes. So look out for the follow up blog. We'll be publishing that soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Campfire Chat podcast. Be sure to visit tribalimpact.com to join us on social media, access the show notes and discover content that relates to today's conversation. See you at the next episode.